We're back. Just like I said, we'd be back. This is For the Glory KC. I've been saying that silly intro for, I don't know, eight, nine, ten episodes now, Sheena. I want to see if any of our listener knows what I'm quoting when I do that ridiculousness and give me a better punchline to start this thing. That music you just heard was Write It Like You Mean It by Christian Leo. I am Chad Smith, editor at thebluetestament.com, and I'm joined, as always, by my wife, freshly squeezed Sheena Smith. Hey, Sheena. Hey, Chad. I feel like you told me what that was a reference to, and I've already forgot because it really stuck with me. Yes, that's that's great to hear. And then the freshly squeezed, you rolled your eyes pretty hard. Uh, that's another <laughs> another wrestling intro. Who Who is that? Yeah. So when the first time I watched AEW wrestling, well, watch, like I got sucked into it. Yeah, I just have it on and Sheena just like, she's like, I can't believe I sat here for two hours. (laughs) Yeah. And the first time I watched somebody, it was this freshly squeezed guy. And I was like, oh, he's kind of fun because he was kind of a tool. Like he fights with his hands in his pockets. And so Chad always says he's like my favorite wrestler, the orange dream machine. Is that right? That is incorrect. Orange Cassidy. Dang it. <laughs> All right. Well, this is for the glory, Casey. Quick plugs to get those out of the way. Go follow us on all our social media platforms at for the glory, Casey on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Also, you can email us at for the glory, Casey at gmail.com. Uh, follow me on Twitter at play for 90 and Sheena's hiding in plain sight out there. Also, Go subscribe to the Blue Testament podcast feed where you can get For the Glory KC and all the other Blue Testament Kansas City-based soccer podcasts. Rate us five stars on all your favorite podcast platforms. And if we're not five-star worthy, go at me on Twitter. Let me know. I'll try to get better. I'm working on it. We're working on it. Uh, So tonight's show, we have Sporting Kansas City preseason is underway. There's multiple rumored signings floating around out there. Probably some rumor nonsense. Uh, The Kansas City current, you know, they just signed like one of the best players in the world. No big deal. Made a few other moves as well. Uh, On that note, we're also bringing on a special guest just to talk about the current and the roster and how they should line up and what's still left to be done this offseason. And finally, as always, we have a ton of news in the digital crawl, which we will fly through. But before we do that, Sheena, I think you were hard at work trying to make your Blue Testament debut as a writer. Am I am I uh, correct in that? Yes, I've been working really hard, you guys, with creating a mini series that I have said is going to launch on Monday. Oh, by the way, Chad, this is launching on Monday. Uh, I this haven't... is news to me as your editor, <laughs> yeah. but that's fine. I always find time to edit and write and we'll, we'll make it work. Yeah, you, so, you put yourself under the pressure. Now you're telling the people, go to thebluetestament.com on Monday. There's going to be one of how many articles? It's a series, right? Yeah. So the first, uh, it's a series of things to do in Phoenix if you're going for preseason or for spring training, or you just want to get out of town and you want to enjoy nice weather. Do it in the winter. Don't go in the summer. But it's a guide to Arizona. So we're going to uh, have at least five different topics I'm going to be covering. I'll have an intro. I'll have things to do, places to hike, places to eat, the best places to grab a drink, and then day trips. So I don't know if this is going to be a daily thing or an every other day thing. I'm not really sure. I have half of it done. I don't have any hobbies. So this has been something to do at night uh, once the kid goes to sleep and Chad has to write about sporting or whatever on the Blue Testament. Has to. Let's be honest. I'm laying FIFA, another random nonsense at night. I've watched the entire three-season series of Barry on HBO in the last <laughs> week and a half. Very important things happening in the Smith household. Well, yes. I have some bad news for you, Sheena. I, well, first off, I will say you don't need to publish it every day. I think we can spread it out, put it over a couple of weeks, because some kind of bad news came out when it comes to Kansas City and preseason. Uh, nothing earth-shattering, nothing terrible. Uh, they announced their five-game preseason schedule uh so we they're going to be playing the portland timbers real salt lake uh gosh a grand canyon university probably better if i had this list in front of me louisville city and phoenix rising that all sounds good five games woo woo except for they're all closed door you can't get into them they're not going to be broadcast you just got to follow the skc match day account to keep up with those games so that's 
a bit disappointing. So if you're going to Arizona, you might be going for just a, a vacation to enjoy some hiking and breweries and things that Sheena's going to recommend to you, some sites. Yeah. So it's still a good guide. It's still worth reading because you can go to Phoenix despite the fact there's no preseason. I do think it's a missed opportunity though, uh, especially because in the winter, the weather's gorgeous in Phoenix, as you'll start seeing um, from the players. If you follow them on social media, they'll be posting beautiful pictures of them in the sun, at the pool, and so on. But really, I think it's a missed opportunity because spring training for the Royals is a pretty popular thing that people in Kansas City go to Phoenix to every year. And if MLS or Phoenix Rising, I don't know, sporting, I'm not really sure who would need to make this happen, but you could build the same type of culture where it's a thing where fans go to and it's a whole experience. And that was kind of what we had when we lived there. It it felt like an experience. It was our version of spring training um, with the sport we prefer over baseball because we don't really care about baseball. So I just feel like it could be something so incredible for the fans and for the players. And it, it's just a missed opportunity with them closing the games and not making them available to the public. Yeah, I have a bit of a theory about this. And this is based on no inside information, just my kind of personal ideas. Two, two things are going on right now with Arizona soccer that may be affecting this preseason. First, FC Tucson, who used to host things that you've heard of, the Desert Diamond Cup, the Mobile Mini Sun Cup, the Desert Showcase. They have all these different titles for these games. And they were sold. They were owned by Phoenix Rising for a few years, and they moved to a new ownership group, and they're moving down a league from USL League One, which is essentially the third tier of American soccer, down to the fourth tier, USL League Two. So I have to imagine there's some financial ramifications. It's mostly amateur players playing in League Two. So could be money situation happening, causing them not to be able to do the streaming. I don't know if MLS or sporting or somebody could step in. That'd be great. Uh, although I think Peter probably wants to keep everything private if it's up to him. So no one knows what they're bringing out. The other theory I have is Phoenix rising or moving stadiums for the third time. They're moving to downtown Phoenix near the airport and that could be causing it. Maybe the camera equipment's not set up. They don't have everything set to go because the USL championship season starts a little bit later. So there's not a, maybe an urgency to have that stuff ready which is a bummer because like I said, I, I, I know I want to see it. I'm craving information. I know you want to see it. I know the listeners want to see it. If you're listening to a Kansas city podcast, when the team isn't even playing, you, you're into it and you want to know what's going on. So I'm a little depressed. Let's switch gears though. Let's talk about some good stuff going on at preseason. The team announced their roster. All the players you expected are on there, but they had nine players listed that were not on the roster. So it included guys that are on Sporting Kansas City 2, the SKC Academy, uh, some MLS super draft pick, Chris Rindov. Uh, and then it included three trialists. So the trialists, these are people that are not signed to any of their various teams, but they're trying out for the first team. Maybe they're trying out for the second team. I don't know how that all plays out, but I want to run through them for you all. We have three guys. Jason Mejia. He's a 24-year-old Honduran winger. Got a little Roger Espinosa connection. He plays for a club, Real España, in, in Honduras. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. I, that's just what we do here. I, I pronounce the MLS teams right and everything else wrong. <laughs> um, uh, so he signed a new contract with them, actually. And then he had an out in the contract if he got an over or a abroad offer. I shouldn't say overseas because there is no ocean between uh, Honduras and the United States. So he is up here trying to earn a contract. If he does not earn a contract, it sounds like from an interview he gave, he goes back to Honduras. So I don't know if that means that he could earn a second team contract and still stick around or not. The MLS Next Pro, you can basically pay people whatever they want. Uh, the two other trialists are Mo Abelnaldi. He is a 21-year-old center back. He played colli collegiately, well, words are hard, at Notre Dame for a little bit, and then he finished out at the University of Pittsburgh. He's actually a former SKC Academy guy, and he also played very briefly for the Swope Park Rangers before he went off to college. He looked very promising in that limited time there. I think he had like four games. And then the last guy is Nassim Mekadiche, we're going to say, sorry, Nassim. He's a 22-year-old center back. He most recently played for Valor FC in the Canadian Premier League. And previously, he played for a couple of clubs in Algeria and Tunisia. So, Sheena, hearing those names, hearing the roster, hearing all that stuff we were just running through, what's running through your brain? 
Well, not much, if I'm going to be honest. Typically, I am prepared for these episodes. And unfortunately, it's been a very exhausting week in our house. And I won't go into the details, but uh, I haven't had time to prepare much and learn much about these players. Uh, They all have very tricky names, I will say that. So uh, it'll be interesting, I think, from us talking before, um, like around the house, you were saying that like they're doing a trial with three players. Maybe you just said it now. I literally uh, just said it. Did you sleep <laughs> for the intro? Oh my gosh. What's happening right now? If you can't stay awake, how are the listeners staying awake? All right, in all fairness, it's been a really long week and I'm And, and this is the, how many times we've tried to record this podcast. A little peek behind the curtain. It's been, a, it's been a tough night with microphones and technology and things. So splicey, splicey, lots of segments put together. I'm sure it's going to sound amazing. You let us know if it sounds good bad or somewhere in between <laughs> yeah it's a late now and it's been a long week and so yeah there's three trialists you said and typically they maybe only have one or none so yep. i find that aspect of it interesting but yeah i don't really have much it'll be interesting to see who plays um if anyone gets signed to one of the teams um and if any of these people were signed, do you think they would start as starters or be backups if they did make the team? Definitely not starters. I mean, you never know. I guess there's always a possibility somebody just comes in and blows it away and is utterly amazing. But these guys are competing for the last couple spots on the roster. There's four open roster spots still. And we're going to talk about a few other rumors that are going on that may fill up some of those spots here a little bit later in the pod. But if they make the team, it's the fringe. These two center backs I mentioned, maybe they're the fifth center back. I know that leaves out the fact that there's not a fourth center back on the roster. We'll get to that. There might be some possibilities coming. And then Mejia, who knows? He would be probably like the farthest down the depth chart winger if he were to make the team. Maybe maybe he pushes Kyrie to the absolute bottom. I think he's primarily a right winger. So Kyrie would go to third at that and fourth at center forward, except for maybe not fourth at center forward. One other bit of news came out that may throw a wrench in things. If you all remember, Stephen Afrifra was the eighth overall pick in the super draft. And we found out in this roster release that he is not coming to preseason. He is going back to Florida International University to finish out the spring semester season and I believe graduate from college before he potentially comes and joins. So he'll go on to what's called the college protected list. If you'll remember, Sheena, they were telling us, Brian Bliss was telling everybody that they're bringing in a free so they could bring Alan Polito along slowly. So I don't know what this means. Is Agata the starter for now? Polito still eases in. Does that mean... Kyrie Shelton moves to second on the oh. deck while Polito gets ready. I, I don't think so. I think it's Agata Polito <laughs> or Polito Agata, but maybe. I don't know. I mean, they just signed that big contract, so there must be land for him, maybe. Who signed a big contract? Well, not big, but Kyrie did a while back. Oh, yes. He did sign a big, long contract. I'm secretly holding out hope. And no offense to Kyrie. He's like the nicest guy. Every time I ever I know, talk to him, he's so I lovely. Know. But I just his play on the field leaves something to be desired yes. and we got to let go of the emotions of their good humans and just talk about <laughs> their performance on the field. Uh, my secret hope for Kyrie is that he signed a league minimum deal to come back for all these years. So he gets, he gets a bunch of guaranteed years uh, just to make sure he has a job to hang out with his friends on sporting Kansas city to work really hard in practice. Like we talked about a few podcasts ago where one of the guys, Andy on our, our website in the comments, he said, He's just going to be there to make everybody better by pushing everybody really hard in practice, but he's never going to play in any game. So that's the secret hope I'm holding out. But I think, Sheena, you said you had a bit of news that may be impacting this striker depth chart. So one point that I think is interesting about a free fraud, I butchered his name. I'm just call him sure. Steven. 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 Yeah, I think I decided uh, previously I was calling him Steven. But with him staying in school, it brings to light a tweet that I had seen. I think we both had seen it uh, between Daniel Shallowy and Dom Dwyer, where Shallowy said, it's time to come home, bro, and acted 
Tom Dwyer. I'm sure I'm not saying that properly. And then I had to ask Chad what two eyes, a frog, and a cup of coffee was, but I think it was tea. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be like, if you all have seen that gif of Kermit the Frog sipping tea, like, oh, oh get, yeah. get, you know, give me the tea. I don't want to know the tea. I think that's like Dom just trying to be clever and doing just eye emoji, frog emoji, yeah. tea emoji. <laughs> It's funny, I already forgot that explanation, but it makes that tweet a lot more interesting. And it made me wonder if that could be a potential backup plan is having Dom Dwyer come in as that, I don't, third string. Um, do, you, do you want Dom Dwyer to be the third string center forward? I like Dom Dwyer. I follow him on Instagram and I feel like he kind of did well when he played last year for Atlanta and he's not on Atlanta anymore. So I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't want him as a starter, but as like the third backup, I think that would be fine. I guess the question is, would he be okay with not even being the backup, but being the backup to the backup? Yeah, I feel like he would play so incredibly sparingly that is it even worth coming? So I'll give you his stat line for last year. He had 22 matches played, five starts, 617 minutes, and he scored four goals. So Kyrie Sheldon didn't score four goals. So from that perspective, that's that's a plus. But the way that Sporting Kansas City played when Dwyer was here last time versus the way they play now are wildly different. There's that expression, you can never come home again. And Sporting doesn't always stick to that, right? They've brought back a lot of guys that left and came back. Uri Rosell, Benny Failhaber. Gosh, I'm, there's so many I'm drawing a blank on at the moment. But some of them are big misses. Uri, so far, sadly, has not been a, a hit. But then, you know, Espinosa's been fantastic. But then you got uh, Igor Juliao, who was a bust when he came back. And Suni Saad was kind of a bust when he came back. To me, if Dwyer is completely fine being the third striker, he comes back for like a minimum salary. So he's playing for real low money. Then I guess it's okay. As long as the guys like him, if he's going to be trouble or if he's a problem in the locker room or anything like that, then no, I don't want him to sign some kid from the Academy that I've never heard of and let him be the third guy and just ride it out. till they get back or heck let Shelton be the third striker. Cause I feel <sighs> Polito and Agata, it's going to be fine. They're going to play all the minutes. Shelton's only going to be on to like kill games and I don't know, run really hard and make people tired for the last five or 10 minutes of a game here or there. That's what my theory, at least. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I'm okay with them signing Dom Dom Dwyer. Um, I don't know if this is like a farewell season for him. I don't know how old he is or if like he's coming to the end of his career, but I would like him to either come back to sporting or go to Orlando for his final season as like a final farewell. We'll see what happens. But uh, my initial gut reaction is no, thank you. I'll pass. All right. So let's switch to some other stuff that's still preseason related because a part of preseason is the first time everybody gets together, which was last Friday, the 6th. We get to talk to the coaches and players. Ooh, So Peter Vermees gave some interviews. And in that process, he gave some pretty good quotes that I thought were worth sharing. Uh, The first thing I'll share with you is his quotes about Nemanja Radoya. That's the new defensive midfielder that the team signed. Think of Ilya. I know you like me to give you comps when you're thinking of a position. Uh, So he was was talking about how Radoya, of course, can play the number six position, which is that defensive midfielder spot but he also said he could play the eight which is not particularly surprising a lot of midfielders can move kind of forward and back in the midfield doesn't mean he's going to be good at being the eight but he could move up but then the surprising thing he said was that Radoya he's kind of a big physical guy and he can play center back so keep keep that in your mind and then I want to transition to another quote that Peter gave and it was about making signings he says I'm feeling pretty good quote we do have one more acquisition I'm not going to talk about what position right now we have one more acquisition that we'll be making we probably have some other announcements that'll come down the pipe here of some other players already that are close to being done. I'll just wait until they're done because I've been in a position where there's some that pull out at the last minute. I hate when they pull out at the last minute. Uh, The quote (laughs) continues. Uh, We've got a couple more there. And then there's one other position that we're working on. So it's kind of confusing because he says, we have one more acquisition. And then everything after that, he's talking announcements, plural. There's other one other position. There's a couple more there. 
it seems like there's multiple signings that are coming. So I wanted to put those quotes into your head before I gave you some other information. So it's been a rumor smorgasbord over here on the Sporting Kansas City front. I already mentioned the Jason Mejia rumor. It turned from rumor to he's a trialist. There's two other rumors that I want to bring up. Norbert Guyomber, our good friend Norbert that we talked about. Oh, yeah, Nori. uh, Nori, okay. (laughs) A few weeks ago. Uh, He's popping up again as he's like potentially leaving his team. He's coming over from Italy, from Serie A, the top division of Italy. And uh, Kansas City is on the list of places that he might end up. There's also an Italian club on there too, Caligari, I believe it was, something like that. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. And then the other rumor is on a completely different uh, position, whatnot. But I got to list it because it ties back to this whole Rodoya can play center back thing. And it's this guy, Tim Liebold. He is a left back. Uh, He plays for Hamburger in Germany. He's 29 years old. Uh, He, a few seasons ago, had 16 assists in one year. Whoa, that's kind of wild. Then, stop me if you've heard this one before, had a catastrophic injury and missed a huge amount of time. And somebody took his job, of course, because he was gone for a long time. And since he's returned... He's only played four games since he's been back, and he's been back for a while. He just can't get on the pitch. So I just hit you with tons of rumors, Sheena. What do you think about all those? What are your thoughts? Do you think we're not signing any center backs? Are we signing center backs? I don't know what to think. Yeah, I cannot believe in all these rumors. There's no center backs. It's kind of wild to me because that's a position that we talk about every week that needs to be filled. And Guyomber is Nori, as you're calling him, is a center back, by the way, just to clarify. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Okay. So we have Nori. I have to think based on all the the rumors going around the smorgasbord, uh, as you called it, some of these are definitely going to remain rumors. I can't imagine a scenario where signing all these rumors, yeah, all these rumored players. So it'll be interesting to see who ends up making the cut and who gets announced. And I'm sure there's going to be kind of like the Ronaldo where it just kind of came out of nowhere. I feel like there's going to be a player like that who comes out of nowhere, isn't on the radar being tied to sporting and that'll get announced. And it sounds like somebody big might be coming as long as they don't pull out at the end. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. That, I guess we don't know. Cause that does go back to what he was saying earlier. Whenever the, the quote from the Kansas city star about how another European player, a big European player was interested in coming. None of these guys meet that definition. Liebold and guy are in uh, Europe, but if those are big guys, a like, guy that's not starting on his Italian club and a guy that's in the second division of Germany, not even in the Bundesliga, but in the two Bundesliga. So that's not great. Uh, Now, the left back thing is interesting because this rumor seems to have the most weight. Like his team, Hamburger, they announced he's left. He's departed. He had six months left on his contract. He was signed through the summer. And then there's multiple sources saying he's coming to MLS. And then one source, Manuel Veth, who's over from Transfer Market, pretty good source like he seems to be on top of his stuff he keeps saying it's sporting kansas city it's sporting kansas city now team already has two left backs logan indembe and ben sweat and i was doing a little sleuthing on the internet and i saw old ben sweat showing up in those preseason photos but then you know i'm trying to follow people on the social media stuff and indembe was definitely not in Arizona. He was like, there was like a rainstorm coming down in like an Instagram story that he posted. But then my colleague, Thad Bell, the site manager over at the Blue Testament said, no worries. Don't freak out about Logan. He's just got a visa issue. He's going to be in camp later on this week. We're recording this on a Wednesday, so he may already be in camp by the time you're listening to this. Just got a visa thing going on. So if they've already got two left backs, why do they need a third left back? Did you have any feelings about it? Well, one of the things I can kind of give um, some background on is with preseason when we used to go, I feel like sometimes we could pick up on things. So you would see somebody at like the first game of preseason and then suddenly they weren't playing. And then it's like that gets your wheels turning and you're like, hmm, what's going on with them? And then it's like later that week, they they got traded or the team released them or whatever. So just because Ben Sweat is at preseason today doesn't mean that they're keeping him. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you say that because I way too, I put way too much like emphasis and analysis into like the lineups of who plays in preseason. And Peter's always like, 
it doesn't matter who I play in this game or that game. And sometimes he does split his squad where the starters are clearly not playing together. They're divided amongst two groups. But then sometimes it's super obvious that he's got starters. I remember a few years back, and this may hurt the old heartstrings to hear this, Icopara was missing from a game. And like Andre Ofantis had arrived the previous summer and then we found out he's making all that money and Ike wasn't making as much money and Ike had just signed a new deal. He wasn't out there. I asked Peter about it and I feel like he gave me and I can't I'm this could be a misquote, but he always just tells me, oh, they're just dealing with a little something. They got a little knock, a little niggle is like these little words that he says they're dealing with some sort of injury. Then I'm walking out of the facility and I run into Ike and I go, Ike, why didn't we see you to go today? And he said, you tell me. And I was like, what does that mean? And then like two days later, he was traded. So I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? So yeah, I think you're spot on. That could absolutely be something. So so my thoughts on this whole left back thing is you 100% don't need three left backs. Doesn't make any sense from that standpoint. I think if you're signing Tim Leibold, it's because you think he's better than the two guys you've got. And Peter's always talking about trying to make the team better. And he's always looking to make the team better. That's like his go-to quote. We're always looking for our players to make the team better. If he's coming on a free transfer, you don't have to pay to go get him. You just got to pay his salary. And that to me means somebody else has to leave. Now, whether that's something like Logan Ndembe just goes out on loan and he's not really gone, gone. He just plays for another team for a year or whatever. That could happen because they spent a bunch of money on him, right? You want to just give him up for nothing. In Dembe, this whole visa issues could be maybe he's got visa issues getting into the country of the team he's being sold to. I don't know that. I'm just wildly speculating here, but that could be the solution, right? Maybe he's getting sold. I, I would be a little bummed if the two left backs were both like 29, 30, 31 year old type guys, right? Like I'd like there to be a prospect in that pool. So you got one guy that's maybe your starter and one guy that's developing and that's the future. So if it is Ben Sweat and Libel together, that's less appealing. I, you know, yeah. if Ben Sweat needs to go and head off to another MLS team that needs a veteran presence. I'm okay with that. I can live Me with that. Too. If like- <laughs> <laughs> we were, we were pretty we hated on Ben Sweat a lot last year. I thought he got really good by the end of the year, but he had I a pretty know. pretty brutal first three quarters of the year, give or take, yeah. in, in my recollection. Uh, and also, the last thing I'll say about all these left backs is it appears all of them cannot really play on the right side. Ben Sweat played a little bit of right back last year. In my opinion, he did not look very good at right back. He looked like he struggled to use his right foot and to go to the sideline on the right. And that's a bit of a problem for me. So one of these guys has got to go or libeled. It could just be a rumor. Nothing could happen. He could never show up here. He's going to pop up on another MLS roster. Is he the superstar? Like, is he a superstar? Absolutely not. No, okay. I mean, there's oh, some, okay. no, there's just no way he's the guy. If, if he's the guy and this is what they're like, oh, yeah, this superstar came for us. And it's Tim Leibold, who I've never heard of in my life. Then they over sold it and people will be pissed now just because that other superstar was interested doesn't mean he's going to end up here either yeah but uh, i doesn't mean that it's not real at the same time i think but I, it can't be libel there's just no way i don't think they would say that to us because i think that would be kind of insulting to our intelligence as as big worldly soccer fans <laughs> that we are right <laughs> exactly all right. All right. So let's move on from the rumors. That's a lot of rumors, but yeah, that's kind of everything I had for Sporting Kansas City. Do you have any final thoughts about them before we move on and talk the other amazing team in the Kansas City area? No, let's just start talking about Casey Current. Yeah, let's get to the Current. So a lot of things have happened for the Current. I'm going to build towards this big thing here. So um, Alex Loera, the could have been, should have been a contender for Rookie of the Year last year, uh, got a new contract. She was signed through 2024. Now she's extended through 2025. So we get at least three more years of Alex. Um, A.D. French, our goalkeeper, Haley Mace, the left back, and Lynn Williams, our winger who missed all of last year for injury. They were all called into the U.S. women's national team. They're going to be appearing in New Zealand, going on a little vacay across the pond. Is that, do they say across the pond when you go across the Pacific? I don't know if that's right. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that's an English thing about coming to America. But anyways, they're going across the Pacific Ocean to play against New Zealand twice on the 17th and the 20th of January. Those games are on HBO Max. I think you might be able to watch them somewhere else too, but that's this new thing where HBO is getting soccer, which is intriguing. Okay, I'm building, I'm building. Uh, a trade happened today. Again, we're recording on a Wednesday. The KC Current traded away last year's first round pick, Elise Bennett, along with this year's second round pick. The 23rd overall pick hasn't happened yet. It's happening on the 12th. Maybe it happened by the time you listen to this. Uh, to the OL Reign, who we defeated in the playoffs for $150,000 in allocation money. Any thoughts on any of those things before I hit the thing that's KC Current related? 
Yeah, so I have two things. First, I'm going to hit you with a question um, about Elisa Bennett and her trade. Well, actually... Hit me with it, Sheena. I want to know. Well, I'm going to ruin the surprise of what you're about to announce. If I Okay, let's just announce it. The, okay. the, other, the other big thing is there's this player. Her name is Dabinia. And we were joking all offseason like, oh, Casey Kern should go sign Dabinia. She's one of the best players in the world. She's on the Brazilian national team. She has something like 50 goals in 100 games with the Brazilian national team. She's oh, wow. played on the North Carolina Courage for the last six years. Uh, won two titles, went to a third title game that they didn't win. Uh, she's one of the best in the world. Oh, and you know, the current just casually signed her at the beginning of the week. I'm going to talk a lot more about Dabinia on my, our special segment here with Cindy coming up. But Sheena, what was your question that was going to spoil the Dabinia thing? <laughs> okay, so with the Elise Bennett trade, do you think that allocation money that they got for her is how they're affording to get Dabinia? <sighs> It's a possibility. So to kind of break down that Bennett trade, I think that the OL Reign probably got the best of that trade. Because if you look back to just last year, the Kansas City Current traded Victoria Pickett, who was a second round pick. Really good. I really liked Victoria. And they got back for Victoria Pickett $200,000 and a first round pick from New Jersey, New York, Gotham. So to go on the other side and have to give away a second round pick with your first round pick from last year, only get 150 k back. I think either A, the current absolutely fleeced Gotham last year, which could just be the case. They could have just like really tore them a new one on that trade. Or B, they just they needed to lower the amount of players on the roster. They have too many. There's not enough minutes to go around. They have too many draft picks for the super the super draft. That's MLS nonsense. The NWSL draft on Thursday. Uh, so they needed to offload some picks. They need to get some of that allocation money because yes, allocation money can be used to sign players above the salary cap, which NWSL hasn't even announced the salary cap this year. And That's the season, so weird. yeah, I know it's very weird. There's a whole lot going on in the background, a lot of complicatedness going on. So I'm gonna work under the assumption that the teams hopefully know the salary cap, even if they just haven't told us what it is yet. But I think you could be spot on. That could absolutely be part of the reason they went to get that allocation money is to pay for people like Dabinia, like Lynn Williams, like Sam Mewis that would have been paid for by like Mewis and Williams were paid for by the national team just a couple seasons ago, but now they're on the books in NWSL because they've changed the way that U.S. soccer interacts with the NWSL. Interesting. Well, cool. Thanks for explaining that. And then my other thought I had about everything you went over is I'm really excited about three of our players being called up to the national team. I feel like last season, Haley Mace, I almost said Haley May, which is our dog, but Haley Mace, I feel like was the only one who was getting consistently called up. So it's cool to see that we're having more international players be called up. And I'm excited to see more get called up in the future. And I think with the team or yeah, the players that Casey Current is, you know, bringing on, I think we're going to start seeing more of that. Now, how about your thoughts on Dabinia? I know that, you know, you're, I'm getting you into women's soccer yeah. more this year. Obviously, you paid attention to the national team before, but typically pretty American-centric focus. Uh, what did you learn about Dabinia? Are you excited about Dabinia? What's, what's going through your brain? Well, when I saw it yesterday... It said international superstar. So yeah. I was like, oh, this sounds pretty good. And I remember I ran into your office with my phone like I sometimes do. I had no idea who she is. And I haven't really had a chance to research her because it's been quite the week in our house. But it seems like she's going to bring a lot to the team. And so I'm excited to see more of her reels. Is that what you call them? Videos? Like, sure. Yeah, yeah, reels is like an Instagram term. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it is. Whatever. Highlights. Yeah, I don't Highlights. Yeah, I don't know why I couldn't think of that word. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm excited to see more of her highlights and see, you know, what how she fits in with the rest of the team. It seems like it's going to be a pretty stacked team, except for the defense. So yeah, and I'm still hopeful for, but yeah, they're gonna. It seems like they're gonna score a lot of goals, and hopefully, they can keep enough out to win some games. I feel like that is a perfect transition for this next segment. All right, we are back. And next up, we have a guest, Cindy Lara. Cindy is the co-host of the Kansas City Current podcast, The Teal, 
spelled like the T, like we're spilling the T over here. And she's a writer with me over at the Blue Testament. Hey, Cindy, how's it going? Good. How are you, Chad? Oh, I am amazing. I'm excited. So Cindy's here to talk Casey Current. She talks Current all the time. She's like our, our resident expert over at the Blue Testament. So I want to bring her expertise in. And what a day to do it. We're recording this section on Monday. And Dabinia was announced today. What were your immediate thoughts, Cindy? Like, what were your emotions? What was going through your brain? Uh, shock. I think since finding out she was like a free agent, like back in December, I think I joked and I was like, oh, Dabinia to Kansas City. Obviously, because you're like, okay, she's a highly sought after free agent. I mean, she had offers from Europe. And so I don't think I don't think I was expecting it at all. Were you? No, I definitely wasn't. And I don't know if you read that story I wrote where, hey, if the current could sign one of these two players, they're like immediate championship contenders. Not that they aren't already. And I put Dabinia first, almost like as a joke, like, oh, what are the best players in the world? Can we get her to come to Kansas City? And it turns out, yes, yes is the answer. Uh, so a little bit about Dabinia, if y'all aren't familiar, uh, she's on the Brazilian national team. She spent the last six seasons on North Carolina Courage. She's helped them make three championship games. She won two finals. She's been on the best 11 last season. Fantastic player. And I jokingly, I think you saw this tweet, Cindy, I put out a formation tweet where it was like all the attackers that Casey has and just Haley Mace in defense and 80 French in goal because there's so many players. I don't know where they're all going to play. So it was like the the classic one nine formation, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm. I think I'm so processing of like what are they going to do? They have all these midfielders. And so, yeah. Yeah. So, you know what? That brought me to kind of my first question because the Dabinia thing really kind of shook me a little bit. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, how, how do they make this all work? So, they've already signed Morgan Gattro and Vanessa DiBernardo earlier in the offseason. They already have Lo Labanta in the midfield. So, I was already thinking about how do you fit them all in, kind of like what you were saying. And it's like, is somebody on the bench? Is like Labanta or DiBernardo, some of the better players in the league, not starting? Like, I don't know. What, what were your immediate thoughts in that midfield? Yeah, my immediate was, and I, we'll probably touch on this, but like with Desiree Sky, you're like, oh, if she's signed, where does she fit? So that's my first thought, but she's not signed, so we don't know. But yeah, somebody's going to end up on the bench. Like I think a lot of the young players will probably start more out on the bench than we were, you know, we were so used to Potter relying on his younger players. But now, which he did an amazing job of like building up their confidence and making them into starters. But now you have all these like, veterans now and so you know all these players definitely are going to the younger players at least are going to be more of like the supporting players more so than they were last year yeah that was my thought too i think i even said to you on slack i was saying somebody's got to go to the bench like somebody who even the people that were like our our subs last year like i think of someone like chardonnay curran who would come in at the end of a lot of games it's like how does she get on the field? Like, I feel kind of bad for players like that. It's a good problem to have. Don't get me wrong. Like, I absolutely would rather have these world-class players. And hopefully, you know, the the young players are learning and developing behind them still. And they're not really, like, held back by it. But there's something about being able to play. I don't really know what the rules are for, like, the Kansas City current two. Can they can they loan Chardonnay current to the, the, the current two and let them play? They were killing teams like 10 nothing last season anyways. I don't know if they need better players down there. But I, I do worry that there won't be minutes for them. But it's a good worry to have, right? Because there's so many good players getting on the field, which should make the team better. Um, So... I was going to kind of run through the offseason so far because you you mentioned Desi, and I think that's a good talking point. So, so far in the offseason, there's a few players that are gone. Uh, Kristen Edmonds, probably the biggest in terms of contribution to the team last year, regular starter. Uh, she left for New Jersey, New York, Gotham. Uh, Taylor Leach retired. Addie McCain, they kind of let her walk away probably because they knew stuff like this was happening. Like, where would Addie have gotten on the field like this? Uh, Casey native JC Johnson was released as well as a backup third string goalkeeper, Sydney Schneider. And then as already mentioned, the team brought in Gatro, Di Bernardo, uh, Dabinia and Mimi Larson, the Swedish forward uh, from Rosengard. And that brings us to what they haven't done, which is Desiree Scott is the big thing. It's looming. It's like, what's going on with Desi? And I saw this story on her Instagram the other day, and it was just this quote. It's a quote from an unknown person. It says, one thing I realized is that everything always ends up working out, sometimes even better than you can imagine. Remember this when you feel like you're in a hard place or you feel like you're being challenged the most. Believe in where you're headed. See the bigger picture. And to me, it was hard to look at that and not think Desiree Scott's not going to be back on this team. 
Yeah. And it's, and, and I think, well, we were reading like a month or so ago that they were wanting, they were talking, they were in talks with her, but now it's like, it's so late into the off season. And now that nothing, things can still happen, but we're about, you know, preseason's about to start at the end of the month. That's the earliest they can start. And the fact that she isn't signed um, is a little yeah, <laughs> ominous, if that's the word I want to use. I guess not ominous is the word I want to use, but also not, I'm not feeling very confident she will return, especially with all these signings happening. So yeah, I would be very surprised if we see Desiree Scott on a Kansas, in a Kansas City uniform next season. If, if, yeah. if we even see her in a uniform at all, she could very well retire. She has talked about that a very long time. It's true. I remember at one of the press conferences we were at after a game, she was joking about how people talk her out of retirement every year. And I think Lowe was joking with her after the NWSL championship that she's going to talk her out of retiring again. Um, I, I kind of thought going into the off season that Desi would play one more season, if nothing, just to try to get Canada a world cup. They won at the Olympics. They won the gold medal. Like it's a, they're the Canada is probably the number one contender against the U S I would say most of the time. So there's a few other teams that are up in that echelon as well. So I thought she'd run it back one more time. What I'll be interested to see is if it's not with the current, which I agree with you, I think that it, there's probably not room. It, will she go to another team? What, what do you think? Can you see Desiree Scott, another uniform? It'd be weird, but I, I could see it, especially if she does want to give NWSL one more year. But yeah, you're right. The World Cup is this. I forgot about that. The World Cup is this summer. So I'm assuming she's going to be a big part of that group, too. I don't it'll be weird not to see her in a Kansas City uniform because I think, you know, she's been such a past. She's been such a part of the of the Kansas City team, whether it was this current current team or city <laughs> back in, you know, back in the you know, day so i see what you did there the current current team yeah very clever <laughs> yeah it, it what i always feel bad about is i don't know if you remember this from her first run or if you started following the team when they became the utah royals but uh she was away for two seasons when they won their two titles so she's never gotten a title and i was like we gotta get desi that title and now I wonder if she'd come back if she wasn't like an everyday starter because she's absolutely a presence. She's the captain of the team. Like she's a leader in the locker room. It's hard to imagine her not being out there. I always think about as I struggle with my words on podcasts every week and asking questions in press conferences, she was so much better at like speaking to so many of us when we would do these press conferences. I was like, I'm an idiot. Like I'm older than you. I should be. I speak for a living at my job, my real job. And I'm still terrible at this in comparison to Desiree Scott. So she's just such a like articulate speaker and such a great locker room leader that it just oh it's gonna feel weird if she's not around but i agree with you i think probably she's not around next season i did have a thought though and i'll throw this out to you and see what you think is this reminded me of when because all my references to soccer kansas city based when sporting kansas city had players they wanted to keep but they didn't want to pay as much money. Now, we don't know. There's no transparency in NWSL around pay, so we don't know what Scott was making. But I would think if she was going to be on this team, she wouldn't be a day-in, day-out starter, so you'd want to pay her less, and maybe she doesn't want to play for less, or maybe it's not worth going through the rigors of an NWSL season and all the training and your body breaking down on you and stuff to pay f play for less money. So I wondered if maybe that's what it was, and that's why we're getting those kind of coy answers from the team. And if maybe that's why nothing had been signed yet, because they were trying to work it out, but they were maybe trying to pay less. Potentially. And and I feel like I don't, I don't, somebody tweeted something about where they are, but they have a lot of players on their, on the roster right now. And I'm, you know, that's with the salaries increasing. It, it's got to be a growing salary cap. I don't think there's a cap. Never mind. I think th I think there is some sort of cap. Okay. It's kind of confusing, right? Because this allocation money, just like MLS, they have general and targeted allocation money. They just call it allocation money right now in the WSL. And there's more and more of it each year. I think I saw Meg Linehan talking about the cap being up to like 1.1 or 1.3 last season. And then they don't know even what the number is for this year, which how weird is that? Like you're trying to build your roster for the season and you don't know what the number is. Because uh, Peter Vermees with Sporting Kansas City, he talks about how you sign contracts years in advance, knowing what the cap is going to be in future years. And when we had those weird COVID years and the cap stayed static for what I think it was three years in a row, that really messed things up because there's raises built into these contracts. And then there suddenly wasn't room. So you had to cut people, even if, you know, because the, the raises were going to happen. So somebody had to have their option decline. That might be a reason you know, sporting loss like an Ilya or something like that because there just wasn't enough money around. So I, without the transparency, we don't really know. But 
I personally think that that's maybe something that might be going on in the background. No inside information, just my gut. <laughs> I can see that. It's 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 got to be a money thing at this point. But yeah, 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 money or playing time. I think right? right. It's like, and if you're if you're not getting all the money, you'd probably want all the playing time. So would you be willing to take a little bit less to go be a guaranteed starter somewhere else and try to lead them? And she's got to have friends all over the league being in the NWSL for so long. So and she doesn't live in Kansas City in the off season. She's back in Canada. So it's possible that like. While we have this great tie to Desiree, and I'm sure she loves the city, like it might not be as hard on her to move because she might be moving to some sort of like temporary residence while she's here for the season, maybe team housing or something like that. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And it is a World Cup year, so I'm even thinking there's the reason for all these signings is because we're, you know, Williams will likely be gone, Mewis, but we don't know where she's standing. Yeah. So there's that World Cup year that is happening. So. That's a good point because I don't remember off the top of my head, but it's probably like a five-week break or something in the middle of the year. But the league will play for part of that break usually. So teams are going to have to be deep. So I picked on poor Chardonnay. She's going to get her minutes. It might not be as many as she was hoping to get. But yeah, when not, not just Lynn Williams, right? Haley Mace is on the national team. Luckily, she's got a fantastic backup. And is uh, Izzy Rodriguez, Eddie French, another good backup behind her, and Cassie Miller. Let's think Dabinia just signed her. She's obviously going to be away with Brazil. I can't even think Chloe Lagarzo's on the Australian national team. This team is loaded with national team players. I, I have this theory in the back of my mind, and this is a complete tangent away from what I brought you here to talk about, is that like the NWSL is really missing an opportunity if they don't go get the best players in the world and pay the most because they have a chance to be like the the NBA of basketball or, you know, or the, or the MLA, NWSL of, of like women's soccer, right? Like they can be the, I'm, I'm saying this terribly, they can be the best league in the world. How we think of like the NFL is the only league to go play football. The NBA is the premier league to go play basketball, NHL for hockey, et cetera, et cetera. And it's an opportunity to go, you know what? Don't go sign with Leon. Don't go play in the premier league. This is the league of choice. This is where people want to be. So I think that shows with how many national team players are on all these rosters. Yeah. And you know, also, I forgot about it. Totally forgot. It was Chloe Lagarzo. Yeah. Where is she going to fit? Exactly. I'm like, oh, yeah. I Can she play center back? How tall is Chloe? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, they they might need to sign some defenders, but yeah, they're they're running out of room. So I think that actually brings us to another good kind of transition to another topic. Um, the current are currently the owner. Oh, I did it again. The owners of eight draft picks. They have uh, the first round pick. It looks like it's going to be the tenth overall pick. It's complicated, but just take my word for it. They have three picks in the second round, one pick in the third round, and three picks in the fourth round. So eight picks, four rounds. Their roster is already almost full, or maybe it is full. Uh, what, how do you kind of foresee the draft playing out? Because by the time people are listening to this, the draft is on the 12th, January 12th. And this might be the day they're listening or it might be the day after or something like that. So how, how do you think it's going to go? I, I don't know how you take on eight more rookies at this point. Um, I don't know, trades for allocation money, trades just overall. I, I could see trades for allocation money happening. I could see that. Yeah, I need to rack up some money to pay for all these big salaries that these players are bringing in, maybe bank some of it, trade for future allocation money, something like that. Um, do you think, is there like one position that you think the team should target? I know me personally, I don't know enough about college soccer to say, oh, this player, that player. I've been reading some like mock drafts of the first few picks, but after that, I don't know who people are. I'm so, I'm sorry, ladies. I'm I'm usually very, very naive about the college game. And I have no idea. But I mean, yeah, target a young defender out there because we, we talked about needing the, the defense right now. We're like, who can play defense? You know, like, who are they going to, like, convert one of these midfielders into a defender? I could see DiBernardo shifting into that role a little bit. I could see that, especially if they play like a back three, because she's not the tallest in the world. So you'd want to put somebody that's got the the athletic ability to leap really high. And maybe if they were already taller to begin with, that might be helpful. It's so funny because I think there's like multiple players that are like 5'1", 5'2", on this team, which sounds crazy. But then at the same time, most women aren't astronomically tall so it shouldn't be as big of an issue but at the same time a center back at 5-1 might be a little <laughs> a little dodgy if they if they're one of three though maybe they can get away with it because they have the others to kind of bail them out there right yeah i don't know so so many undecided things uh, my personal thoughts on this whole draft situation is i'm with you they cannot possibly take on eight picks that's insane like you there's nowhere to put all these so i'm hoping they trade for allocation money trade for other players i wouldn't even mind seeing them package a bunch of picks and go get like a solid veteran defender because putting a rookie defender out there on a regular basis you know rookies are going to make more mistakes i think we saw at times like alex loera was 
pretty dang lights out last year, but she's probably going to be forced to play center back again because there's just so many other midfielders. Uh, uh, Jenna Weinbrenner, she got quite a bit of minutes early on in the season. Uh, Addison Merrick's still pretty young. Uh, so I, I don't know if you add another young defender, but at the same time, I think it makes sense at the same time to pick a defender because that's the position of need. But I've always been one of these people when I watch drafts of sports, it's like you pick the best player available. And if there's somebody really good, even if you don't really have room for them right now, maybe you package and trade other players to go get the person you want, which is always a little gross because these are people's lives being messed with. But at the same time with sports, this is kind of what you've signed up for. It's a possibility you could be traded. For sure. For sure. I also forgot that Mallory Weber is in the roster and she should be making a return too. So yeah, fill in some defender questions. Yeah. I think she was kind of converted to like what that right back, right wing back position before she had her injury and maybe put some time in there in 2021 as well, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. But I think she's like a converted forward if Mm -hmm. I'm, if I'm remembering right. So maybe one of these forwards is going to have to play defense. I mean, I think Haley Mace, is kind of a forward that's playing left back slash left wing back because she's so talented and she's so good out wide like a winger would be. And she seems to be able to play in the middle. She'll kind of drift in as like an attacking mid almost. So maybe you just do more of that and then, I don't know, score 12 goals. So you don't have to worry about if you gave up 10 or something. I don't there know. It's probably not a good strategy. But <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, any other thoughts in terms of kind of how the roster build is going so far, what the current need to do, get how they want to spend their drafts? Is there anything else that's kind of lingering and on your mind? No, I think we, we covered that out there. It, it'll be, you know, pretty interesting to see what happens with the upcoming season. And can't forget it's a World Cup year. Can't forget that we don't know what's going to happen with Sam Lewis. We don't know what's going to happen with Desiree Scott. So a lot of there's we're going into this like preseason near the preseason near to the college draft with some questions that we still quite don't know, but um, I don't know. I I think Kansas City has it figured out, so we're just making us wait. <laughs> yeah, maybe they do know what's going on deep down inside. I I, I saw uh, Grace, who we both know from PR, tweet out like this like shrugging emoji yesterday when they put out that little tease that they were signing somebody today, and I was like, I do not believe you. Like <laughs> you you do know who they're signing. Like you just can't tell us, of course, right? I, yeah, there's a process to these things. So all right, well, Cindy. I'm going to need you to come back on later in the season so we can talk about how right or wrong we were with our predictions in terms of how this roster build needs to go. And I want to remind everybody to go check out Cindy's podcast over at, uh, you just search for The Teal, anywhere you find your podcast of choice. Now, Cindy, do you have to put the L in parentheses when you search for The Teal? How does that work? I don't think so. I think it just pops up. I don't know. I have it on my Spotify, so I search it on Spotify. There you go. All right. Well, thank you again, Cindy, for coming. And we appreciate the time. Yeah, thank you, Chad. All right. So I think it's time for our final segment, which is our rapid fire. There's a whole bunch of news that we want to cover. And we might talk about some of it. And some of it might just blow right through the digital crawl. Digital, digital, digital. I don't know. We got to think of music. We need some music. You didn't like that? No? (laughs) I I don't know. It it was something. It's more than what I was bringing to the table. Fair enough. My little brother is a musician. I keep telling him I need a theme song and I need a digital crawl, like a little sound bite that we can throw in there. So, all right. Anyways, the digital crawl. The first little bit of news we have is former Blue Testament staffer, Allie Trost-Martin. You may have heard of her. She She's on the radio. She works the sidelines for Sporting Kansas City. She broke the unfortunate news this week that there are not going to be any sideline reporters with this Apple TV deal. Uh, they have hired a bunch of analysts and play-by-play people, and they're going to have to hire a lot more because they have Spanish, French, and English commentators going on. So don't know what's going on with that. Sheena, what do you think about it? Yeah, I think it's really unfortunate they don't have the sideline reporters. I feel like that is, to me, it's pretty common in football to have it. And we were seeing it in MLS as another way to get extra commentary, sometimes from the coaches, sometimes in the middle of the game, which was interesting. But I feel like that's needed. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out because it it feels like that was another way to take up like space during like halftime or um, and yes. after the game. <laughs> yeah, I was having a moment um, after the game interviewing the coach or you know the player that had the winning goal. So I, I don't know. I'm I'm not for this. Maybe it'll come down the line and maybe it'll happen next season. I don't know. Yeah, it's obviously it could be an evolving situation. I'm bummed for Allie just from a like yeah, you know, she's she's awesome and nice and. 
there's all these quality sideline reporters that are building towards these careers that are interested in soccer. I'm hoping that they don't just fully get rid of this and that it exists in some capacity. Maybe the teams handle it because, you know, she worked for sporting and just kind of like the commentary team worked for sporting, Nate and Jake. But we would miss bits of information. They get stuff. They yeah. talk to the coaches. They find out what's going on with an injury. Why are they off the field? They get us facts that we will now otherwise be missing. I don't know. So post game, we'll be able to do interviews still. The media will, but there's something about knowing in the middle of a game what's going on. And that's going to be unfortunate if we don't have that anymore. Do we know if the announcers are going to be at the games or is it like USL? They were just all in like a central location. Do we have we heard anything about that? I'm not sure Apple has announced anything yet. And if they did, I may have wrote an article about it and can't remember off the top <laughs> of my head, which is the worst. I just write too much. But I'm I'm uncertain at this point. Hopefully we'll know something. But yeah, if it's if it's remote like USL, they would say things like, Oh, the the atmosphere here is amazing. I'm like, you're in a studio in Florida. What are you talking about yeah. right now? Like that stuff drove me nuts. All right, we're doing a very good job of being rapid fire on the digital crawl. Let's keep going. Nicholas Isabat Moran, you may remember him, center back sporting Kansas City last two seasons. He is officially not coming back because he has signed with a club in the Netherlands. Just Google it. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it. Keeping going going here. Uh, A little bit of sporting kind of fun light news here. Uh, As a part of the media day festivities the other day, Johnny Russell as the team captain got to talk to everybody. And he was asked about Ronaldo trying to take his number because he's the number seven. And he said, oh, he'd have to pay for it. It'd be not just like a set amount of money, but like a percentage of his salary. Yeah, I think that's hilarious. It, there's a part of me that wishes that that trade would have or that signing would have happened because that could have been really interesting to see how that all played out. Yeah, he's got a lot of branding around CR7. So continuing on the Russell thoughts, one other thing, speaking of our friend Allie, she asked an interview and it was uh, or she asked a question rather at the interview with Russell and was talking about him playing uh, right wing mostly, but then having to play center forward because there was injuries and squad rotation and all this fixture congestion going on last year. And he gave this like kind of long technical answer and that he didn't, he's hoping he wouldn't have to do that, but obviously he'll do whatever the team needs him to do. And then he kind of grinned at the end and gave this little quip like, but I was pretty good at both of them anyway. So <laughs> I thought that was funny. Uh, you should go listen to it. We've got the clips up over at the Blue Testament. Uh, so we, let's move to the Kansas City Current in our digital crawl here. So the Current, uh, this is, I'm, I'm way too a cheery of a tone here for this subject, but you all remember the NWSL and NWSLPA joint investigation into all the misconduct going on around the league, a lot of sexual harassment, grooming, awful, terrible things going on. Well, four coaches got lifetime bans. A bunch of coaches got like two-year suspensions, and they have to push to get back into the league. The reason I wanted to bring it up, though, was the Kansas City Current. Uh, they were found to have had no wrongdoing. Basically, they were accused of a few things, and they couldn't prove that the the trades and the players getting cut were a retribution. Kind of like what we talked about on here, it was more... It was not provable that it wasn't just because they were a terrible team that year. They were the last place team in the league. So it makes sense that you'd be cleaning house. Yeah, that I guess that's good to know that the the trades and stuff and wasn't due to the players, you know, being like unhappy. retribution towards them. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm glad to see that some of those coaches deservingly got the lifetime ban and the others. It sounds like it'll be really hard for them to get back into the league. And hopefully if they are ever back in the league, like they'll have learned their lesson and will be completely different. But I think from a player standpoint, it would be hard to want to be coached by somebody who had any kind of ban for any amount of time. Yeah, all, all the ones that are lifetime bans are all sexual misconduct related. The other ones are those kind of more gray areas that we talked about before. But go back, listen to that. We have that in one of our podcasts in the feed. Just go look for For the Glory KC as you scroll down the Blue Testament podcast feed. In much happier Kansas City current news, uh, there's this this guy, Patrick Mahomes. I'm not sure if you've heard of him. He's only you know like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, he is now part owners of the Kansas City Current with his wife, Brittany. Yeah, uh, I think it's a very exciting. He- he has ownership in, I think, almost all the local teams, the, the Chiefs, the Royals, 
Sporting, now Casey Current. Uh, he has ownership over the Raiders, the Broncos. The oh, Chargers. boy. Oh, uh, boy. I know. I totally stole that off of something I saw online. But yeah. I think it's a, it also made me wonder if that's how they're able to make some of these signings as they needed some more money. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm pretty sure the longs are worth like multiple billions of dollars. Oh. So I don't I don't think it's a money issue at all. I think it's just uh, Patrick Mahomes is part of this city's fabric. He's woven into it. He's made he's yeah. going to be here forever, even long after he can't play quarterback anymore. I uh, love I it. Oh, say- and I forgot he is also owner of those Whataburgers. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know he he owned the Chiefs. I don't know you're allowed to own the team that you play for. Maybe he's going to own them in the future. Did you just get bad I don't information? Know. I could have been making that up. Like okay. maybe I meant he owns them and that he's so good. Like, I don't know. Actually, I was just on a roll there. So I just went just, with it. Just list all the teams. Does he own part of the Mavericks and part of the, <laughs> the T-Bones? I mean, the Monarchs. You know, like, Not yet, but there's still yet. time. <laughs> all right. There we go. Uh, Casey comments. Watch out. He's coming for you y'all so uh in other current news or tangentially related current news addie mccain who we talked about recently mutually parted ways with the team she found a new club she'll be joining the chicago red stars actually i don't have this on the rundown but ella massar oh i'm messing it up former assistant coach of the current is now going to be an assistant coach at chicago as well where she's, oh. she's from illinois so that might make sense that might be why she left another thing that's going on is the we mentioned a few times the nwsl draft is on thursday it may have already happened by the time you're listening to this they swung a massive trade the other day. It was a four-team trade. Uh, just I'll break it down just the littlest bits. The first pick, the second pick, the fifth pick, tons and tons of allocation money, all swapping hands. And basically the outcome of it is that the first pick will now go to Angel City FC out of Los Angeles. And it's because they're going to pick high schooler Alyssa Thompson. She's skipping going to Stanford to come into NWSL. Watch that name. She's already been called up to the national team. She's going to keep getting called. Oh, wow. She's an exciting player. Yeah, That's from cool. high school. How cool is that, right? Yeah. All right. From one Kansas City team to another, SKC2 have a rumor going on out there. French winger Amadou. Oh, that's a fun name. We know Amadou Dia, but Amadou Traore. uh, He is coming over from France. He's only 20 years old. Uh, It's not over the line yet. It's not done. It was reported initially as a rumor to come to Sporting Kansas City, but Daniel Sperry of the Kansas City Star has that it is a SKC2 signing, but it is not yet done. Does that make sense for him to go to Sporting 2? Is it just because of his age and that's why? Yeah, it's nothing to do with his age necessarily because there's, I think of the young guys like Jean-Luc Abuzio who's playing for Sporting when he's 15, right? But it's because he's not quite hit yet and you don't want to burn an international roster spot again you only get eight of those on someone like this because what if he doesn't hit an mls either he played in the french top league league un but he only had like 300 minutes over 20 appearances so he's coming in as a sub late in games and i think he had an assist and all that time no goals so he probably needs some more seasoning i like what sporting kc2 are doing with some of these moves they've signed a lot of really young like international type players and if they don't work like a lot of them last season didn't work they really raided africa ghana in particular they brought a lot of teams over and you know a lot of them didn't really hit but if they do hit they could move up to the first team and then maybe you could sign them there's no salary rules in mls next pro so they could pay them like the wage similar to what they'd be getting in mls but get a chance to get better and compete against younger players and kind of earn their way into playing in in major league soccer yeah i like that too i remember when we had season tickets to phoenix rising back when we lived in arizona they did a similar format uh granted they had nowhere to go up they were just with it but it was fun to see all those international players Some of them are really good. So it's exciting for Sporting KC, too. All right. This next piece of news, Sheena, I just want you to read it. Can you read the next piece of news? (laughs) I remember you had me do this earlier this week, and I butchered this name. So I'll do it again because you never bothered to correct me. Uh, Zinedine Zidane. I don't know, Chad. Why would you do this to me? Zinedine Zidane reportedly rejected (laughs) an offer to become the U.S. men's and national coach. 
Zinedine Zidane. And earlier in the week, you were saying <laughs> something completely different for the first name. So, and I did correct you, and you did hold on to Zinedine. So there you go. Uh, I just wanted to share that uh, he also has rumors <laughs> that he might have turned down some other countries as well. But uh, U.S. swinging big out there and potentially looking for a new coach. We'll give you more updates when we know more. Two more little bits of news here. Atlanta United. Oh, you know, they invented soccer in Atlanta. Did you know that, Sheena? No. Them and the Seattle Sounders and Austin FC, they all invented soccer within the last few years. Okay. Yeah, it's just a joke. Anyway, oh, it clearly landed a good really, one. It just landed really hard there. <laughs> and thud. Uh, yeah. <laughs> their, their famous striker, Joseph Martinez. You probably oh, heard, heard of Joseph him. Martinez. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he scores against Kansas City. Uh, he appears to be on the move. It looks like Atlanta is going to buy out his contract. He's a designated player. We talked about these things before. And he's going to go to Miami on a non DP deal. Should be interesting. He's one of the leading goal scorers in MLS history and he's off to go join another team. He's kind of had a falling out with Atlanta. They just haven't really been as good ever since they lost Miguel Almaron to Newcastle United. Information that I know you care deeply about. Let's get to the last piece of news, which is actually a Sheena piece of news to close out the digital crawl. So Sheena, I'll just let you close it out. Yeah. So I don't know if you saw Chad, but I think it was over the weekend, uh, Grant Wall's wife, gave an op-ed um, over his, you know, cause of death and the misinformation. And the thing I found interesting, which if you haven't read it, you should look it up. Um, I read it on people.com. But the thing I found really unfortunate is it was tragic. She lost her husband, but then people were sending her death threats and blaming her for his death because of the COVID vaccine. Um, he was vaccinated and she is a medical professional and she had something to do with like encouraging people to get vaccinated. So I... It's just a really unfortunate to go through something so horrific and then to be getting death threats from strangers. Yeah, I didn't read it. I'll have to check that out. But yeah, we we all have some uh, contacts in our lives that believe some kind of crazy things about some of this stuff. So uh, go do your research on your own and uh, we won't wade into those dangerous waters. But I appreciate that. We'll put that link into the comments so you can go check it out if you're interested in reading it. But yeah, that's that's very negative that she had to deal with. I, I just never understand in general, like, why would the terrible to people like why would you threaten them yeah. for death why would you commit physical acts of violence against people just freaking be nice to each other just love each other people what's the deal I know. Uh, let's just be reasonable rational human beings so yeah. that is for the like, we're bringing you down to end the podcast yeah, oh my gosh on, hey let's end on a bright note maybe we should just share what we have going on yeah, we made a life-altering decision in the last <laughs> week uh, to book a trip to New Zealand to go to the Women's World Cup in 2023. Yeah. We'll, t- we'll tell you more about it later, but we're going to the World Cup. What? Yeah, we just said it's a good way to end. So I'm excited to see some of our players play at the World Cup. Yes, I'm excited as well. And to see New Zealand and Fiji on the way to New Zealand. So that should yeah. be fun. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us for the Glory KC. If you stuck around all the way to the end, we really appreciate you. <laughs> we're going for new records on how long we can possibly talk. Yeah. But uh, thank you for my wife, Sheena. I'm Chad. Listen to us again. Tell all your friends. (laughs) Thanks for joining. Bye.